for them to be who they are in the positions that they are in and be able to know themselves enough to say, hey, I need to pause. I need to take a break. None of this really matters if I'm not okay. Just be yourself. Live authentically. Tap into the gifts that God gave you and just do it. Like. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unleashed with Eva. So good to see all of you on today. If you're watching, go ahead and click the subscribe button and like this video because you're going to love this interview today that I have with my guest. Today, I have Nicole Victorious. Nicole, how are you? Uh, I am wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am really just honored. And I have been, I feel like I drank a ton of Starbucks today, which I did not, but I have such energy because I'm so excited to be with you tonight. Awesome. So what I want you to do is to give me your big three. So if you could describe yourself, who you are in three words, go ahead and let my listeners know who you are. Who I am in three words, my, my, my. <laughs> I am a lover of God. I am a lover of people and I am just a lover of life. That that I would, that would pretty much uh, firm me up. I am an eclectic person. I like doing things out of the box. I don't like drawing inside of the lines. I never did, used to get in trouble in school for that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because that's not how God set my brain up. So I'm just an eclectic person who loves God, loves people, loves a plethora of things. And I don't know, three words, that's kind of hard, but that's pretty much me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So we're going to talk about, there's a lot, you guys, she has a YouTube channel. She has a new one coming. And so we're going to let her tell you about those later in the interview, but you're going to want to tune into her channel, subscribe because she puts out good content so often. So if you ever need that boost, midweek boost, and that's the thing about virtual, somebody can be on the other side of the United States, other side of the world, and you can get in the encouragement that you need. And so the Selah Room, I want to talk about the Selah Room first. How did this, did this come to be? Yes, the Selah Room. Oh, I just, I just really thank God for that space. You know, I, like I said, I love people and I am a big YouTube watcher. I don't watch much movies or things like that. When I'm watching something on TV, it's usually a documentary. My husband and the kids are like, okay now, but I do watch YouTube. So it's always been my goal to start a channel. Now I've like been saying I was going to do one for years and then Last year, I was like, girl, why haven't you done it? Why haven't you done it? But I guess fear crept in, you know, well, are people going to watch my channel? Am I going to get any views? Then I had to really just grab myself and say, hey, this is something you want to do. It doesn't matter if people watch you. You're going to be out there. Your tribe is out there. They're going to watch you. They're going to listen. And you're just going to inspire someone. So that is my goal, just to inspire someone. The name Selah came from, of course, that piece of just wanting to have that moment of pause, which I find we all need that moment of pause, that moment 
moment of reflection, meditation, just really sitting everything down, especially with the times we're living in now. I thought, why not the Selah room? Such a beautiful word. And, you know, a lot of times we don't take time to really rest in that and get the Selah that we need just to live this life that God has given us. Me, I need as much Selah as I can get. So that's how it started. And I really, really love creating content. I like connecting with people online. I like getting emails from people about my videos. I love when people share them and become inspired. And those are the people I want to reach. Again, like you said, I said my tribe, right? We all have a tribe. And that's what God has created us for. I believe it's the, it's so much bigger than what we can think. Listen, I only have 80 subscribers right now, but when I get up to however many I have, it will be a blessing. I just want to be able to keep that content coming. That's so awesome. 80 subscribers is a lot because I do know as a YouTuber that subscribers do not come by easily. And yes. so as you grow, most of the time, as you get a new subscriber, they stay. And so your content is so consistent. People like me want to stay because I know some of the topics that you're going to be talking about. So say law, pause, reflect. I feel like right now, especially in this era, uh, we've just seen black women make decisions publicly for themselves, decisions public publicly over systems, but their own mental health, their own wellness. Um, to focus on themselves versus that external performance, those external roles, but really began to listen to uh, what Dr. Kurt Byron Jones would call the sound of the genuine from Howard Thurman. Um, listen to their soul and go with what they are feeling. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Absolutely. I am so proud of these young women for them to be who they are in the positions that they are in and be able to know themselves enough to say, hey, I need to pause. I need to take a break. None of this really matters if I'm not okay. And for me, that's huge to see a young woman, a young woman of color, be able to speak that into existence for herself and take hold of that. That is powerful. That is something that it takes most of us almost a lifetime to learn how to sit in, when to say no, when to say enough is enough, when to say, hey, I can't do this anymore. You can't use me up because I am drained. I am tired. But you have to live your life from a place where your cistern is full. You can't pour from an empty cistern. So these sisters speaking up and saying, I'm reclaiming my time now. I don't care what you think. That means so much to me. I think it's powerful. It's very powerful. And it was very cathartic for me as someone who just turned 50 in July. I was like really proud of these young girls being able to make that declaration during this time, there's such a time as this that we're living in and stand up for themselves. That's powerful. Yes. That means we have hope. <laughs> I love how you use the, the language of from um, Aunt Maxine reclaiming my time. Yes. And, I, and when you said that, I think about reclaiming all of me, reclaiming my whole self, my mind, my body, my soul, everything that is sacred to me. And I think we're in this season where black women are real, realizing that we get to reclaim ourselves, you know, coming from ancestors at time who did not have time to rest, who did not have the ability to choose to rest or that could choose to know I'm not going to do that today. I've been doing it all this time, but I'm not going to do that today. And the fact that we have this privilege to be able to say in this right, let me put it that way, this right to say, 
that I'm going to reclaim my time emotionally, mentally, physically, and in all the ways that matters matters to me. I love that they they encourage me, and I just think they may not realize that one individual act, the collective number one, how the collective consciousness rises on wellness and mental health just by that statement, but also the power in owning your voice. Mm. Owning your voice. I want you to talk about that. I feel like you can talk about owning your voice. I want you to talk about that just a little bit. Owning your voice. Wow. That is powerful. The, owning your voice, knowing who you are is so important. You know, I grew up and in, in, um, I'm from the Philly suburbs. I grew up uh, in the Philadelphia suburbs, the home of famous Philly cheesesteaks, which I no longer eat, but I can make you a vegan one now. But that's where I grew up. And I grew up in a small town called Norristown. I grew up in a bedroom with my grandmother. My grandmother came to live with us when I was about 10 years old. And it was so interesting. When she first came to live with us, I was like, I've got to give up my room. I don't like this. I don't, I don't want to share this space with her. But you know what she taught me? She always taught me to thine own self be true. And those are the words that resonate with me to right now, to thine own self be true, Nicole. Now, I think I've been on a journey as we all have in this life to self-discovery, but owning yourself, owning your voice, who are you? You know, when you look in the mirror and who do you see? You see God, do you see the beauty that God created or do you just see all your flaws? Do you see joy? Do you see the pain that you have experienced in life? All of those pieces play a part in who we are and we have to own that. I own the good, bad and the ugly. And I share that a lot in ministry, you know, who I am. I'm, I can be very raw with people because I want people to get the message that I'm a real person. I've been through some real life situations in my life and my marriage with my children, but I am still here and I have a voice and I have every right to use it. So owning your voice is very powerful. Knowing who you are, if you have a brand, if you have um, your Facebook page, when people look on your Facebook page, they can see who, who this person is before they even click on the request to, to follow you. They can see who you are. So for me, it's very important to know who you are and to own it and to do it unashamedly. I love it. I love it. I love it. And and one of the reasons I love to see women start YouTube channels, number one, I know it takes a lot of thought processing before you get there, right? <laughs> but just the whole concept of communicating is, to me, I think our throat center is so powerful. And when we learn to use it, um, that there is this power of just saying, hey, I'm putting this content out here. Somebody may not like it. They may like it. Right. But then when I look up and 35 people have watched the video in eight hours, there's somebody who's looking for my content. And so therefore, I may not ever know that person. But here's the here's the part about it. The energy that it took for me to put it out. Yes. And knowing that it's leaving you, that produces more. It produces more flow if that makes sense. So I tell people start somewhere because if you create the channel and you push energy through it, you leave room for more to come. It's like a vacuum. That's what I look like, a vacuum. Yeah. And so I think the more of us who start YouTube channels, maybe some of us are going to end up starting, I used to have a radio show, but maybe some of us are going to end up starting a TV show. 
the more we do with what we have access to now, with the resources we have access to now, I just see is that it creates a vacuum. And when you create a vacuum, vacuum anything can anything. happen. Anything is possible when you create that. And when you put out that good energy, listen, I don't have a, a wealth of money and abundance sitting around me. But what I do have is the gift that God gave me. I have a beautiful husband who has taken care of me. And I, I've been able to homeschool my children going into my 10th year. I am blessed. I am blessed. But what I do have is the gifts that God gave me. Love to talk, love people. How can I use that to be of service to the world? And how can I use that energy? And you're right. The energy that you put out, it comes back. It comes back to you. It mm -hmm. comes back. So you said something um, that I love. And I chose one of the things I wanted to focus on today, that you were able to homeschool your children. And it's a choice that you are happy about. It's something that you look back at and you're grateful that you had the right and the choice, you know, that it was your choice to make. But I want to talk to how did you get to that point of wanting to homeschool your children? Because it's a not, not a lot of that is happening in our community. So I want you to talk about that. Absolutely. And that is definitely a choice. And I tell everyone I'm not uh, just an advocate for homeschool. I'm an advocate of you doing what God told you to do for your family. Yes. But when I stepped out of the boat, I knew that that was what God wanted me to do for my child. I was paying for Christian education tuition dearly every month. You know, first baby, she got to have everything. She got to have the Mercedes of everything, right? First baby. <laughs> My baby was falling asleep in class. They would call me and say, Miss um, Proctor, is something going on with Maddie? She's doing a lot of napping. Is she going to sleep at night? What's happening? I'm like, she's eating good. She's sleeping good. She's living good. What is going on? And as I began to pray and speak God about it, I knew that he was tugging on my heart to homeschool. And when I, it's funny because when I went to some of my circle, they were like, you're not a teacher. You don't have a degree in education. How are you going to teach your kids? And really, that that kind of like sat with me. I still to this one day, just in Wawa last week, ran into a lady. She said, you still at home with those kids? I said, yes, I am. And I'm happy to be home with them because I'm giving them what they need. But I came to homeschooling because my baby girl was falling asleep in her Christian education class. And just bored because she was not stimulated. She was not getting what she needed. I knew, I talked to my husband, we prayed about it. And I said, look, I don't know how this is going to work out. If I got to wear the same Nikes, if I got to wear the same jeans, if I got to do whatever, we got to pull her out. And it was the best decision that I've made for this child. She is a championship equestrian. She is in Black Girl Film School right now. She hopes to be a director. And oh my goodness, the doors that God has opened up for her through homeschooling and not just homeschooling, unschooling. See, remember in the beginning, I said I'm an eclectic person, right? So I kind of color outside of the lines. Education looks like Filling the pail, lighting the path, giving your child the opportunity to choose what they want to learn. See, God gave my children to me, but they belong to him. They already came with their life course set. 
And me as a home educator, it's my job to push them into their dreams and into their goals. And with homeschooling, you get to do that at an early age. You get to, your children get to discover what they like, what they're good at, and then they get to actually build upon their gifts, build and build and build. Right now, my daughter has the opportunity at church because of her prowess. Um, for all things of film. She's working in the media ministry and she's doing a great job. And I'm so proud of her. My son, he's turning uh, 12. He's on the autism spectrum, a beautiful young man, brilliant brown boy who I knew if I had him in a classroom, his demographic, it would look a lot different for him, but he's encouraged, he's soft-spoken, he's brilliant, and it's just a blessing for me. And the homeschool community, since I have been a part of it, I have seen more black and brown people join and say, you know what, we can do this too. Facebook is a great resource. When I first stepped out, I thought I was on the island of Patmos homeschooling. I was like, oh Lord, every place I went, there wasn't folks that looked like us. But guess what? Those people that didn't look like me, right? They helped me open the doors to different connections that I never thought I would have had. Never thought I would have had. So I am so thankful that God, one, instructed me. Two, I listened. <laughs> Even in fear, I was shaking in my boots, but I listened to what he was saying. And I was able to provide that education that both of my children need. And I'm still doing so. 10 years, my daughter will be a junior this year in high school. And I can't believe it. I can't talk about too much. I get emotional and mess up my Mac tonight, y'all. <laughs> well, I got on, no, I got on Fenty tonight. I don't want to mess up my Fenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad and really grateful for the opportunity to homeschool. It's brought, uh, it's really a lifestyle when you do it, you know, homeschool. And I say that I am an unschooler, really, an eclectic unschooler, because I don't follow the traditional education model with my children. I love that. I love that. One of the things, you know, um, I have thought about, I've always known that my children would not have a traditional education. Um, having gone through that, having, you know, growing and seeing what my gifts are as I turned into an adult, how those things could have been cultivated earlier. So even with my nieces right now, I'm always thinking like, do they have what they need? You know, if there's something I can make, make happen for them so they could figure out earlier what they're really passionate about. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times I think we spend our 20s just trying to figure it out. But I think that's what <laughs> being a kid, you know, that teenage years, there's some things I think we should should figure it out. I think waiting to that college years to allow kids to start choosing their interest. Yeah. Um, because that's when for many of them, that's when the consciousness come. What am I really interested in? You know, yes. um, because we're pushing them to choose a major. I think that's so far late. I think they should get exposed to different interests along the way that they want. Right. Yes. And not so structured. Some of our kids personalities just it doesn't fit that structure. Doesn't fit that structure. Uh, it will suffocate the life in them. That's what I believe. I think a lot of things that we think are behavioral issues or over talkative, over busy, that we're basically trying to make them fit something that's not even made for them. And <laughs> as an adult, you know what that feels like. And as, a, as an adult, you just want to bust out of anything. It's like a control. And so I pray to God if I end up having children or adopting a child that I am in a position to do that or to have some type of support network where that type of environment can happen for my children. I just believe 
trying to put our, our kids into a space that really wasn't designed for all personalities is just, I don't know. I, I think that I think it can be damaging and I think it can just really make kids develop a low self-esteem because you're trying to make them do something that's they probably won't ever use again, number one. But the model and the way in which you're teaching it could be totally different. I think every child is different. So I love that. So have you been able to I know you said when you first started off, there were not a lot of African-Americans in it when you would go to meetings. But yeah. how have you been able to network and, you know, like you said, open doors for others? Yes. And that has been part of the blessing, just being able to network. Like I said, I live in the Philadelphia suburbs. There's a great group where I live called the African-American um, Homeschool Community in Philadelphia. We did a lot of things with them. There was a co-op, you know, when my kids were smaller, they wanted to be a part of the co-op. Now we do a lot of different things. Of course, COVID and everything has kind of changed the way that we morph around through the world. But we are unschoolers who are never at home. We are always in the car, always going to a museum, always going to a library, always going to, my kids have seen, I don't know how many ballets at the at, in Philadelphia, real life ballets with black and brown ballerinas. And it's just been such a beautiful experience because I've gotten to connect and expose them. And you really, as a homeschool parent, as a homeschool mom or dad, whoever's doing the schooling, you really have to put yourself in a position where you can network. And Facebook, is it. You can Google groups, you can Google Yahoo groups, you can join them. There's a large, large community. I had the opportunity to be one of the keynote speakers for them a couple years ago when they had their homeschooling conference, the African-American Homeschool Moms. And that group has grown. There are moms in there from California, Philadelphia, New York, Dallas, everywhere. And they share their information. We share our gifts. We share our networks. Um, at one point, my daughter had a, a homeschool uh, pen pal and they became so close. We brought the kids together. They live in South Carolina. Their parents drove up. We brought them together. It was wonderful. So there's nothing you can't do as far as homeschooling. The world is yours, but you have to be able to follow your children's base interest. Let them lead the way. Let them lead the way and you become their tour guide on the journey. But you must network. You must network. If you don't network, then you're just sitting at home looking at four walls. And that's not the kind of education I like. I like to expose my kids, even coming down to, okay, it's time to pay the bills. Okay, Maddie, time to pay the bills. Electric bill got to get paid. I give her my, my debit card. I give her the checkbook and she knows which bills to go in and pay, how to pay them. Those are skills that they should know early, early before she leaves this door for college or for Hollywood, wherever God has taken her. She knows how to take care of her business. And I think that is so important. Grocery store, we're at the grocery store. My son's filling a cart. Then he's doing the math, calculating things. Okay, now we have $200. Are we going to exceed this budget or are we going to have to put something back? Learning those things are so important. They're critical to real life learning and real life processing. When you get out in the real world, you have to learn how to function. And we should not have to wait until we're 18 and have a graduation cap on our head and don't know what, what's next in life. So many of us get stuck there. I know I was stuck there. Uh, my mom was like, you going to college? Are you getting out of here? And I was like, I guess I'm going to college, Virginia Union, here I come. But 
I went there and had the time of my life instead of being focused. I, it was a party for me because I was not exposed, right? I went to a Catholic school, wasn't exposed, lost my mind down in Virginia Union. <laughs> but I really probably should have just went with what I wanted to do always, which was become a cosmetologist. And I went to get my nail license. I never went on to get my hair license, but um, that was my passion. That was something I really wanted to do. But you know, mama said, you're going to college, you're getting out of here. I wasn't going to hit the street. I was going to go to college. <laughs> but we waste so much of our, our younger years trying to assimilate, like you said, trying to fit into a box that was not made for us. And God made us all differently. One of my favorite scriptures, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're not all the same. And you can't put kids all in the same fish tank and expect them to swim at the same pace because somebody's going to get lost. You're going to be looking for Nemo for a long time if you do that. <laughs> <Not a> Nemo. <laughs> You're right. Oh, I just love just hearing um the home, just hearing about homeschooling in our communities. I, I just love that the choice is out there. It's a wonderful choice. And I'm really thankful. I also have a group online on Facebook, Homeschool Moms Pray, that I started that probably in September. I started with my girlfriend, Nicole Green, who is also an elder in, in her church and a homeschool mom and uh, an author, an accomplished author. She's wonderful. But we started this prayer group and we do it on the second Tuesday, the second Monday, excuse me, of every month. And you, it's just unbelievable. The homeschool moms that come to pray, to pray over their families, to seek God's guidance, to seek God's wisdom, and to seek community with each other. So I'm really excited about that. It's called Homeschool Moms Pray. So it's really been a blessing. Awesome. Homeschool Moms Pray. You guys go take a look at that. So the other thing I thought my listeners would want to know, or at least I love hearing your conversation, you're vegan. And I heard you say um, that you feel so good in your skin in one of your podcasts, um, on videos, on YouTube. I want to talk about how you got there. And that was a process going from slinging pork chops and, and gravy and rice and everything else. Because listen, I'm married to a man whose mama would cook. So I married him having to, you know, learn how to cook and really cook. And cooking is something I've always loved to do. It's just in my genes. Cooking is my creative space. But this whole vegan thing, my daughter went vegetarian probably about five years ago. So I was like, Okay, I guess I got to start cooking, you know, vegetarian meals. But the whole vegan thing came about really um, during the pandemic. I was just thinking, Lord, I really need a change. I really need to feel better in my body. I really need to have more energy. And I really need to eat foods that give me life. And uh, I started with the juicer, started juicing. I was like, oh, wow, you know, this, I feel wonderful after drinking that kale juice um, mixed with some pineapple. I feel pretty good. I feel great, you know? And then I started juicing and then I started learning. I started seeking knowledge about veganism, about what it actually is, what I had to give up and how I could actually make this transition. And I actually... Um, 
bought myself a space in Orisha Oshun's class. Um, she has this big community on Facebook, online, everywhere called I Am Surviving Vegan. I took that course, changed my life, changed my life because it really broke down what it is to be vegan. And vegan first before you start anything you have to heal from the inside we everything is done from the inside out right so we have to really know why we're eating certain things why we have this bad food habit why we're craving potato chips at 12 o'clock at night you know maybe some childhood wounds that we have that have that have made us make bad decisions throughout the years about our eating and our health now i'll tell you something i'm one who's had gastric bypass my daughter is 15. I had gastric bypass, what, probably 17 years ago now. And I am thankful. When I laid on that table, I was 345 pounds, 345, my highest weight. I had tried everything, every diet in the book. Uh, Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, spent a lot of money trying to lose weight, lose it, gain it back, lose it, gain it back. Thankfully, I was able to have gastric bypass. But I had it and kept the weight off, but I really needed the energy, the energy source. So this veganism, um, just researching and studying at that downtime during the pandemic, I just decided to do it cold turkey. My husband's like, we ain't having pork chops tonight? No, bro, we ain't having pork chops tonight. <laughs> I made you a big salad, a big kale salad. So it's been a change throughout my household. Um, my husband is not vegan, but he is eating more vegan foods. My kids, my son's very, very picky eater, but I've learned how to take some of our famous recipes that I cook around here and pivot them into vegan options for them. And it's really been wonderful. When I say I feel good in my skin, I feel good. Um, my skin is clear. My um, my teeth, right? Even my teeth, I feel like there's a difference in my gums, everything because of what I'm putting into my body. Everything starts from the inside out. I always tell people, garbage in, garbage out. G-I-G-O. That was a saying back in the in the day in the in the computer world, the tech world, G-I-G-O. So what you put into your body, it matters. It matters. And I'm not uh, trying to beat people up who aren't vegan. I'm just trying to show people a better way, that there is a better way and you can lose weight and be healthy. But most of all, you can feel good. When I put on uh, an outfit, I want to look good. I want to feel good. But when I lay down to go to bed at night, I don't want the aches and pains. I don't want my knees hurting, my back hurting. And all of that really comes from our food sources. Um, growing up where, where, I, where I lived in um, Norristown, outside of Philadelphia, it's like a food desert, right? There's churches fried chicken, there's Chinese junk food restaurants, corner stores, all that stuff. But there was really no fresh vegetables, fresh foods, you know, that we have access to now. It's just so, um, it has, the journey has been so enlightening to me, but so much fun because I'm learning how to take better care of myself and my family more and more every day. And I'm able to share that information, which really, really excites me. Awesome. I, um, in the middle of the pandemic, I did two months without meat, not the vegan thing, but close to vegan, I can definitely say from a meditation standpoint, 
Woo. I had so much clarity and it was, um, and I don't know for those who meditate, you know, that when you go in, it was like a quicker path in for me. Yes. And um, I had the most peaceful sleep and the most, you know, just clarity, you know, and I just felt really, really good. And that was so helpful for me during the pandemic to kind of get a footing, to get my you know, foot back stable after we were all just kind of knocked off our little normalcy. Yeah. Um, but I, I highly recommend, you know, I'm definitely a big believer in um, cleansing once a season. Um, and but I definitely since then have reduced a lot of meat intake in my life. And it makes such a difference. Um, I even see the difference. My husband, um, he he's a type two diabetic, right? So it's important. It matters about what he eats, even though he tries to still sneak in his little junk food, but it really does matter, right? We have a history of diabetes and high blood pressure in the African-American community. If we just really learn to pivot the things that we eat, we can take control of all that. And I have to spend $100, $200 on pharmaceuticals that you need every month to control those factors, right? And then they also create other problems. So, so much of our um, food, it, it, it's just connected to us. I see God in food. I see his life because it's life-sustaining. I see, so of course I see God in this whole vegan thing because the vegan food that you eat is really life-sustaining. You know, the broccoli, which gives you calcium, the, the Brussels sprouts, which give you all kinds of natural antioxidants, right? Spinach, which I could probably eat 10 cups of a day because I really love spinach, spinach with garlic. Any way you give it to me, I'll sit here and eat it raw. But those things that come from the earth, how can you not see God in that? And then how can you not feel God in that after you eat it because you feel so good? Can't nobody, can't, what's that song? Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Now I could take it back there. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like some good vegan food. And it's so funny because nowadays, right, there's so many vegan options, but not all of them are good vegan food. Now, I like good vegan junk food, but I can't eat that stuff all the time. I've learned how to make a wonderful vegan mac and cheese. I've learned how to make wonderful fried oyster mushrooms when I want that fried chicken and mac and cheese and greens. But I know I can't eat that all the time, right? So I know the basis of my living and my, my eating meals has to come from good, clean, sometimes raw so that I can have that natural cleansing. Some days it's just, okay, Nicole, you, you're just going to juice today. You're going to juice today and tomorrow because your body needs it because you did. We just got back off of vacation and you know, you eat a bunch of junk food on vacation. So now it's time to cleanse to get my body back on track. But it really is a holistic thing, body, mind, and spirit. And I really think when you're vegan, when you're making better choices, vegetarian, pescatarian, whatever it is, it helps you just fall into line where God will have you to be. I love it. I love it. I love it. So since we're talking about veganism, I want you to tell everybody what's to come for you in August. Yay! I'm so excited. And that is, it's only God. It's only God. I I am so excited. I purchased, I 
own now a business called Eclectically Vegan. I didn't purchase it. God gave it to me. And um, I uh, got the LLC. So it's official and everything. And what I pray to do with Eclectically Vegan is to give uh, vegan recipes, sell my e-cookbooks online, of course, merchandise, but I really want to inspire people with videos, with recipe videos, with encouragement about how they can get on this train too. Um, I'm also in the midst of formulating some things, a product that I'm going to put out through Eclectically Vegan that I, I pray will be a life changer, a game changer for a lot of people but I'm really excited to share that. I'll be on all of the social platforms and my website will be up and I'm excited because this is something new. Um, business is something I've always wanted to do. I, I remember being eight years old and going around door to door selling books or whatever I had in my closet. I would go around and sell that stuff in a big old suitcase. I'd walk around our apartment complex, come back with a good $60 <laughs> and pizza money or candy store money. And it was a blessing. So I've always wanted to have that business. Um, it's probably my, it, this is my second business because I did start one with my daughter via homeschooling, a pound cake business. And we learned how to make some mean pound cakes. <laughs> so just to pivot from homeschooling, my daughter hated math. How do I get this child to like math? We started baking cakes. We started doing measurements. We started doing multiplication and everything. We started a business and that was wonderful. But then she she stopped doing it. And I said, Lord, I can't bake another pound cake because if I bake another one, I'm going to eat another one and I'm going to start to look like my product. <laughs> But I'm really excited about Eclectically Vegan, and I pray that it brings inspiration to people. Like I said, I don't want to politically beat people over the head with, you got to go vegan. It's a personal choice, just like anything else. It's a personal choice. But I hope to inspire, especially women of color, to let them know you don't have to have heart disease. You don't have to have high cholesterol. You don't have to have diabetes. You can. There's ways to combat that naturally if we just learn how to really take that moment of self-care. And I think eating is a big part. Our diet is a big part of self-care. We think we have to go sit on a beach somewhere to experience self-care. Listen, it starts at home. It starts at home from the moment you lay in bed and God opens up your eyes to see that day. You have to care for yourself. How much water are you drinking throughout the day, sis? You got to drink water. Drink your water. It's good for your hair. It's good for your skin. It's good for your kidneys. So there are things that we can do for ourselves in this vegan lifestyle and make it our lives better, make our experience better, and then share it with others. So that energy continues to grow and then people really become aware. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to hear more about it. And we're close to August. So I'm hoping by the time we put this on YouTube that I have a link to your new website, to your new yes. YouTube channel, your new Facebook group, yes. whatever it is you have. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to supporting you in that. I just think it all goes together, body, mind, and spirit. It does. Oh, it all really goes together. You really cannot ascend and expand without all of it. You really can't. You really can't. From listen, from breadcrumbs to perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so I want to ask you this: It's one of my last questions before we wrap up. Um, 
one of the questions I had was how do you practice self-love? I think I've heard that throughout the entire video, video, how you practice loving yourself. But I want to ask you this. How do you support and encourage the women that are in your tribe? Yes, I because I, like I said, I love people and I have a heart for women. I have a heart for people, but I really have a soft spot soft spot in my heart, excuse me, for women and children. And encouragement is what I do. Um, I believe God made me a female Barnabas for a reason. You can call me Barnabas, uh, you know, the female version, because I really like to encourage people. I always vote for the underdog because I myself have been the underdog. I myself have not fit into those boxes. So I like to, I like to encourage people. I like to cheer them on. I like to help people discover the gifts that God gave them and encourage them to walk in them. I like sending text messages that are inspirational or emails or however I have to get in touch with you. When the Lord puts it on my heart, I'm going to reach out to you and I'm going to encourage you to be your best self. That's the thing. We have to see the beauty in each and every one of us, God gave us all something and we're all beautiful in our own right. And beauty, it comes from within. It doesn't reside on the outside. I think we get caught up with uh, the facades on social media. You know, anybody could get a good makeup artist and get their face beat and appear to be beautiful, but can be the most unhappy person on the inside. So I encourage women to seek God, seek God fully, and then Go on a journey to self-discovery for yourself. What is it that you like to do? What what turns you on? What what tickles your fancy? What flames go go off? What bells and whistles start ringing for you when you do A, B, C, or D? Start tapping into that and take one day at a time and build upon that. You know, ask God for direction, trust God in everything, but have the faith to know that God took time to create you and put you here for such a time as this. So you have a purpose. And I want all women to know that. I want all women to be inspired and bring their best selves to the table. And guess what? When you don't have your best self and I'm not showing up as my best self, I want to be the sister to, to have the sister to say, hey, let me pull you up. Let me help you. You got the information on this. You got the goods. Let me give you this. Yeah, I got the goods. Share your information. Share your wealth. Support your sisters. Your sister's selling books. Buy a book. Your sister's preaching. Go listen to her preach. Your sister got a YouTube channel. Go subscribe and like her videos. Whatever your sister's doing, be your sister's keeper for real. And your sister's not always who God sent you by blood. It's who God put in your life to in your tribe, you know, your sisters, your people, your tribe, encourage them and they will encourage you as you get encouraged by God. I love it. I love it. I love it. For those of you who are watching, we have been talking to Nicole Victorious. Go ahead and like this video, um, subscribe to this channel, as well as go and find the Sailor Room on YouTube, her channel. But in the captions, when you see this video, we're going to have the links to her website, all of her social media, as well as her new YouTube channel channel on veganism and her uh, sharing her business. But I want you to go follow her, see what she's got going on. Somebody who has a wealth of knowledge from different areas in her gift, sharing that knowledge in a very positive way. Um, and so 
Before we leave, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about you or an encouraging word that you'd want to leave them with? I just first, I just want to thank you for allowing me this space and time. I so admire you. I admire your heart. You walk heavy in a room and that to me, womanhood, womanism, womanist talk, you inspire me. And I just thank God that I was able to have my path crossed with yours through uh, Reverend Mitzi J. Smith, um, who is a powerhouse in her own right. But I just thank God for you and your gifts and your inspiration online. You, you're doing it and you, you pastor a whole church. Now that that's a whole other conversation, right? <laughs> I'm a minister. I'm a minister, right? I'm not a pastor. I'm a minister. So I know how people work and the things that people bring. So you really have to take care of yourself, Pastor Eva. <laughs> but if there was anything that I would leave with anyone tonight from this conversation, just be yourself. Live authentically. Tap into the gifts that God gave you and just do it. Like Nike said with the swoosh, just do it. That's all you have to do. It's as simple as making a choice every day. No, every day is not going to be easy. Yeah, you're going to mess up. Yeah, you're going to have roadblocks. Yeah, you might feel defeated. But guess what? There are going to be those days that you are going to just feel wonderful. God is going to set you and connect you up with the right people. He's going to hook you up. Your name is going to be in, in rooms that, that have preceded you that you don't even know about. But you have to get started with that confidence that comes with it from within, that comes from your relationship with God and making space for yourself, making room for yourself to sit with yourself and to find out exactly who you are so you can give all of your gifts to those in your tribe and those who are seeking it.